evening and welcome once again to the Sons of Anarchy UK podcast. Every week we get together and we discuss the characters of the hit series Sons of Anarchy and with me once again are our famous three. Um, they are Lee, Wendy and Hiya. Holly. Good evening. Hello. Hi. Good evening, Tim. And we are together once again on possibly the hottest evening of the year that we've had trying to do this podcast it we are all sweltering holly blesser is actually physically melting on the screen in front of us and um so yeah welcome um hope you all had a great week and it's time for us to do our thing again every week we discuss a character then we will rate them against our set categories of brutality intelligence loyalty street cred and likability and this week we are going to discuss Lumpy Feldstein. Whoever wants me out, they turn up the heat. They send Darby to rough me up. But he didn't, right? No, not yet. But like he said, if it was not him, it'd be someone else. Lump, don't you worry about a thing. We'll keep you safe. I, I'm not looking for a babysitter. I just want someone to know what's going on in case something happens here. Nothing's going to happen, okay? We're on it. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, boys. All right. All right. Come on. Hello, Lumpy. Hello, Lumpy. Yeah. So, do we do we agree that that's his name? Is that how we pronounce? Is that what we're going for? Feldstein. I'd say Steen's Feldstein. Or Stein. Me too. Yeah. Go with that. Is that what is that Harvey Weinstein Weinstein thing all over again? Isn't it? Yeah. It's. I think it is Steen. I. I don't think I've actually met anyone who goes by Stein over Steen. Right. In that case, that's the first controversial moment over with. It is Lumpy Feldstein. <laughs> Happy to be corrected. Yeah, so, <laughs> what we so, so, so Lumpy um, first appears in season three. Can just talk us through how we first get to get to see Lumpy and find out about him. He runs the uh, the local gym, and I believe that isn't it Kozik and Tig go and have a bit of a sparring session there. They do. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's where you first see Lumpy. That's the other episode which I couldn't put my finger on, which he's in. Yeah. I got it now. Thank you, Lee. He's the guy that owns the boxing gym. Um, Yeah. We know know he's a very close friend of Sam Crow. Um, We're obviously given uh, to believe or to know that he was, um, importantly, a survivor of the Holocaust. Yeah, Auschwitz survivor, I think. I think. Mm. Absolutely. Um, And he just refuses outright to sell his gym as the other properties on that block or road where the gym is situated. They all begin to sell off one by one. And he becomes the last kind of building standing, really, in that sense. Yeah. So what was going on there? What was happening? It was Jacob Hale had his empire planned with his wonderful new... Charming Heights. Yeah, Charming Heights. But at the time, he was an unknown buyer, though, wasn't he? To, to yeah. know, at the time, nobody knew who was actually yeah. behind all of that. And he thought that he could just sweep in and flash the old money and thought, you know, they'd all fall for it. Yeah. And some of them proved a bit more res- bit more resistant than others. Mm. And Lumpy felt, he just said, I'm, I'm not moving. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. Good old so Lumpy. Good, good luck to him. Yeah, bless Lumpy. Oh. Oh, bless him. So obviously, we all knew or uh, got to know quite quickly that it was Hale behind it all. 
Um, and of course, he started to up the ante because there was no way Lumpy was going to give in on any sort of financial offer. Um, and so he decided to um, introduce a bit of a, shall we say, other way of persuading. And I think, I believe that's right, he started with Derby. I think yeah. he bribed Derby, didn't he, to go yeah. and put some pressure on um, Lumpy to, to sell up. Uh, but luckily, if I, if I recall that scene, you, we see Darby in the, the gym. He's sort of looking around. Quite a, su- quite a surprising scene, that. That was very, I thought that yeah. was quite, quite heartrending, actually. It was. The real thing there, wasn't there? Because you, you saw, I mean, there was that whole exchange, wasn't there? And then Lumpy revealed, you know, the Auschwitz massacre. Mm. Oh, yeah. God, that's awful. Um, and Darby, I mean, he might be a horrible, a lot of things, you know, I've never talked about him, but he's not, yeah. That that was where we saw some good in the guy. There was yeah. he wasn't going was, to yeah. carry carry that out. So so yeah, we we saw Darby uh, getting involved there, and obviously Jacob Hill, and you know, those two names have. Well, we haven't discussed Jacob Hill, but he's been mentioned a lot in yes um, yeah. in in all, in the discussions we've had so far. Um, so what impact did? did Lumpy really have on Charming and what impact did did his... I was just talking to Wendy about this and I said that him and Floyd, the barber, they're pretty much like the bedrocks of Charming. They're like the people that are... They've probably been there the longest that, that anybody can remember and they're like the stalwart, you know, sort of stalwart characters that have been there and you know you think that they'll always be there, and there's sort of like regular characters that keep you know keep the keep the the community going. I guess um, it's, yeah, it's a bit like um, Norm in Cheers, isn't it? That you know they're yeah. always going to yeah. be there, and like that. Yeah. Or I know when I go back to my hometown, I know if I go into certain pubs, there'll be certain men or yeah. they'll still be standing in the same spot drinking the same yeah. drink that they drank. Um, yeah. What. 20 odd years ago when I left there. So, uh, yeah, that's exactly the kind of person that I, that, and it, yeah. I guess it was very much represents the charming of that Sons of Anarchy want to keep as opposed yeah. to the trendy. Yeah, he's like the last vestiges of the like golden era of charming and, you know, uh, the sons as the war veterans people who've you know fought and existed against regimes that have tried to conquer them before and he's very much a monument i think mm. to the town and people in it i agree part, he's a lovely, part of the fabric he's a lovely character isn't he? And he and he's clearly so highly revered and, and respected um in charming and and i think that was why he was just so important to sons of anarchy or sam crow and charming um yeah. and somebody worth protecting all right now and, and his history i think it just spoke for itself um, I'm sure everybody in Charming and, and Sam Crow were kind of like well aware of it. That, and I think it's that impact. He might have only been in it for th- literally three episodes for us as viewers, but for me, I, he really seemed to, he, he made an impact and it sort of carried yeah. it. Really did. Impacted Jacks. I mean, there was, yeah, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, a little later, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that. He was almost mentioned as like a family friend, like yeah. uh, Lumpy. Yeah. You know, yeah. They didn't if they didn't need any further description about who Lumpy was. It's oh, it's, uh, it's Lumpy, and they all knew straight away. You got I the think... sense they just drop everything and, and go go to him if he asked. Mm. You know, mm. he, he clearly didn't abuse that either. 
you could tell. So, um, yeah, great character. I liked him. Did he even go to them after? Did they not see his gym was smashed up? Did they not go it to was. him rather than well, him? Yeah, yeah there's a bit of a story um, there, though. Prospects was supposed to look after it. Because wasn't um, Chucky, spent, he supposed to have been there overnight. It wasn't Chucky. And it, it was, wasn't Chucky. It was, no, 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 it was that prospect, prospect who resigned, didn't he? Because he, he realised he was actually a coward. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think we I talked mean, yeah. about him in the Hector Salazar episode. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. yes. Um, he's the only one that's kind of survived. That got left, left oh, yeah. Sarko <laughs> unscathed. And gave up. Yeah, that was that was really uncomfortable to watch though because Salazar mm. was so 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 evil, mm. and I mean he would have known as much about Lumpy as anyone else. Um, and yeah. and to go into that man's shop and destroy it is one thing because things like well not everything can be replaced clearly, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's it's still stuff. But I mean, you know, to to attack an old an elderly man and someone who has been through what he'd been through. Yeah. And then, and then, not even just be satisfied with that. You know, total, just, total like, quite literally, it was he used the butt, the rifle, didn't he? Mm. Um, which ultimately ended up was his demise. But mm. oh, can just you can see that scene. It was just sickening. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Sorry, Ollie. Sorry, no, it's fine. It's just come to me now, like hearing. Uh, this is why I love having these conversations with you guys. It's great, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just stuff. come to me now. The whole idea of the shop front being smashed in like that—that's a parallel to Glasnost, which is the German word for the night of broken glass. Yes. Which was the yeah, which was the night in Germany when they first began to round up Jewish people and strip yeah. them of their rights, their oh. possessions, their homes, their you know any real estate, their shops, their livelihoods. So it's it's not only a parallel of like you know you're the escape. You, Hold on, let me get my words together. You're disgusted not only because it's an attack on a an old man who's clearly mm-hmm. like 80s or something, yeah. you know, but it's an attack on his identity and what he stands for as someone who owns a gym, a boxing gym specifically. He stands for self-defense. He stands for resilience in the face of intimidation, and yet they managed to strip him of his dignity in that way. Oh, it's awful. Mm. That hail and hail, of course, being behind it all, having uh, you know, obviously Darby threw the money back at him. I'm not having anything to do with it. So um, Hale goes off and traps down uh, Salazar, knowing how much. Um, and basically, he would win anything money, wouldn't he? Can't San Crow because yeah. of what they've they've done to him. So you know, it was probably going to be an e- an easy sort of win. But the other the other thing there, it couldn't even just be not that that was even right in the first place. It just couldn't be just a general smash up the shop and rough up rough up Lompey. Oh no no, the idea was wasn't it? Um, uh, Hail. And Salazar, they were quite happy to effectively try and trigger a war between the Mayans and the Suns because uh, Hale was very specific that he wanted the message left with Lumpy that it was the Mayans that yes. had done that. Bit of shit stirring, yeah. So exactly, and because and knowing how fragile that that sort of yeah. um, situation was, that that could have been, and that's what they wanted all out. Mm. Well, that would have played into Hale's hands perfectly mm. if the yeah. Mayans and the Suns were at each other's throats. It's so very calculated, absolutely horrible. <laughs> On the record, I've got the word wrong there. Glasnost was the openness policy that Gorbachev pushed at the end of the Cold War. That's where I'm going. I thought I'd heard. Yeah, 
my brain this is it i'm all over the place it's too hot my brain is melting out of my ears as we speak i'm trying to think where that word came from the german word is kristallnacht so crystal glass Uh, glass might have broken glass snatched in german yeah you could just got the wrong word but the actual event was no exactly that's what the um subtleness is in there like uh, in fact lee lean have uh, nailed this earlier on actually before we were before, before you're on air and you're absolutely right lee when you talk about because we were saying how clever the writing is and oh yeah there is so much that you you know with our conversations and we could just carry on talking about this forever mm. in a day i reckon and, and and lee points out quite rightly he lays like a load of easter eggs through the place yes yeah, yeah. You know, there's always and a lot of them are in the titles of the shows, the episodes. Yeah, yes. and, it's not, and it's not until you actually watched it, maybe you watched it twice and realised, oh yeah, that was the yeah, that's what it meant. Yeah, I think it's sometimes yeah. even more than twice. There's still things. Absolutely, think, absolutely. I'm on. I'm on the fifth. Yeah. Next time will be fifth or I mean, sixth I, I time. Still I'm still one. Can't wait again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually think, do I watch it with my my, my eyes closed or my ears closed? So I, I, I seem to miss so much. That There's I, just so much. There is. Up, yeah, there is. So That's why it's so wonderful to keep rewatching it. <laughs> never get tired of it. I never do. I like the phrase layered, isn't it? It's like every, subtle layers on top of each other. Yeah, and if you, if you exactly. see one thing, you probably miss another. But then all of a sudden, yeah. that, that you, will, you will pick that up. I was just thinking that it kind of the whole after after the event jacob hale comes out of this all right mm. because he ends up he ends up almost being the hero by stabbing oh. salazar yeah. with his pen isn't it like, no that that was i mean to be fair to him that was actually if it wasn't for the fact it was hale that yeah. one act was actually <laughs> pretty pretty brave pretty good because that could have gone badly wrong and he was tied to a radiator so he couldn't have run anywhere so he could have had his you know he could have been killed (laughs) i hate to say that but just in that moment he was actually being brave but boy did he spin it to his advice it's that one redeemable moment (laughs) yes only the only one (laughs) (laughs) he still used it (laughs) it's terrible and uh so when when we look at look at lumpy so he was in for three episodes and um, mm. as was said uh, were there any particular highlights that or any comments or any kind of little quotes that, that lumpy said that, that really just you know stay with you as as a character you know when you when you think of lumpy what what, what comes to mind for me, it's that bit where when he's being intimidated, he's just like, do as you're told and take the money. And that's, I believe, when he reveals the tattoo on his forearm and he says, I've been the victim of men just following orders, which obviously is a phrase that harkens back to the Nuremberg yeah. trials. You know, I was just a man following orders. It wasn't me. It wasn't my fault. I don't want to do it. And I think for me, that was impactful on so many levels. I was just like, what an incredible thing to do, to be like, I'm staring in the face of someone covered in nazi tattoos and who's a proponent of the white supremacist movement all these years later someone who wasn't even born when i first faced up to these villains years ago and for him to just calmly assert himself for him to be like you don't intimidate me i've met men like you before it just and i think that's why he's so memorable despite the fact he's only in literally three episodes and even then he's a minor part it's that that one scene like you say so powerful yeah, I mean, it's that moment, you could actually frame it just in that moment where he just looked at him with all of you, what you've just said, and then looking at the number on his arm. I mean, my God, that was yep. really powerful. And the other thing that I noticed about it was that 
I didn't he mention Ernest Darby's parents or his mother? Yes, I think that's and what then, it's and it's, it's basically he's sort of treating him almost like a naughty boy, you know. Mm. Sort of, mm. And that's the, one of the first times that you actually see Darby has got maybe some redeeming humanity. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Like, or your parents would be, or your mother would be, yeah. really, uh, disappointed in you. Uh, you know, so it's along along those lines, wasn't it? Mm. It really struck a chord with Darby. And I, th- I think for me, it, it, as a viewer anyway, it, it almost felt like an honour to have kind of met this character oh, in inverted so commas. Yeah. Given given what he'd gone through, where he was, especially that moment, just that yeah. moment where he's face to face with Darby, which I thought was really really powerful. Yeah. And then the fact that he kind of chose Charming as his town. That's where he built his gym. Um, the relationship that he had with, uh, clearly, which he had with Sam Crow, and I thought that was really warming. That relationship he had, yeah. it was like he was he was one of their family without having to do a damn thing. You know, it was just it felt like it was a given. Yeah, um, just respect, deep seated yeah, respect. It was just automatic and quite quite rightly deserved. And I think for me, the low point. Um, it's amazing to have so much to talk about for <laughs> three episodes, but hey. Um, but I think I've got to be honest about this. Given everything we've said and how important he was as a person for everything he'd gone through, and clearly Sam Crow felt the same, I think the lowest point for me was that they put that idiot prospect in there with a gun yeah. to try and protect the poor guy, you know, and knowing that something was fairly imminent, that, you know, they knew something was going to happen. That's why he was there. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they, whoever, I can't even remember who put him forward as a prospect, so they should be hanging their head in shame because I, I don't know. Really, you, know. you said it was they, either Tig or oh, well, Kozak, didn't you? Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. And I can't believe, considering how important, what was going down was a they left one there anyway on his like own, a prospect not else with him, and a prospect at that also he's just that's the bit for me i think mm, that's a real low point it yeah. should, should never have happened but we wouldn't have had the story otherwise i'm sure he deserved more than that that is our being oh, dead sure. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. i think we that story. I, i'm gonna stick up for um tig and, and Kozik. um and they were really depleted numbers. They had hard, they had yeah, loads the going on. They yeah, were actually, most of the club on island. And very good point, yeah. If it was it Derby, annoy. then Derby. <laughs> I think if it was anyone other than Salazar that went, that I just think that that kind of just raised the the kind of level of. Brutality. Yeah, they, they didn't figure yeah. him to be a coward. They would never have figured him to be a coward. He wouldn't uh, be able to wear a cut. Let's let's yeah, face exactly. it. They thought for one second he'd be running in the opposite yeah. direction like he did. Although he never seemed very, um, he never seemed very suitable to the role. Of no, a, not of very a, steady on his feet. Member, did he? <laughs> and well, I guess we need to talk about it. Um, sad as it is, then how did how did uh, Lumpy leave um, the series? Oh, that was sad. He died of his injuries. Yeah. He was in hospital. Clay went to see him, I think. And uh, he... Uh, Wayne Ansel was there too. I mean, it was definitely the blow to the head. It was that... Yeah. Oh, he, he was terrible. He, he gave him a vague description of the guy. Well, you see, he believed it was mines because yeah. you know he was he'd been so badly injured, but all he could mm. see was this face at him saying, uh, "And tell Sam Crow or whatever it is, this this was the mines or something, mm. or this is a message from the mines, or you know that's all he really knew." Yeah. Um, which is a really 
real pity. It was just, I don't know, just so avoidable, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> but they acted with all the facts that they had at the time, I guess. Um, they wouldn't have known. Completely. As Tim was saying, how, how quite... Uh, and also that Jacob Hale at the time, that he was actually behind it all, because if uh, maybe if they'd been really clear about that, they might have, um, you know, tried to have not left a prospect there, if you see, but I appreciate they didn't have a lot of choice. Just invented it. Exactly, mm. but Chief Answer, Wayne Answer, I mean, he went to see Lumpy in the hospital mm. as well and tried to get it out of him. And that's where, you know, all they really thought about was that it was actually the Mayans. And that, yeah. um, I'm trying to remember how that actually sort of played out because, you know, that didn't, thank God, uh, spark a war or anything. I think they were grown up enough to go and... Um, I think they interrogate a hitman or something in the next hospital room. They find his tats and find out he's a hired gun or something. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. That is happening. Yeah. Is that the one? Oh, hang about. Isn't that where Clay grabs hold of his vitals? In the bed? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize they proxied it well, and it's the Calavera's MC. And I think we might, yeah, we might have just kind of crossed over two different. Um, well, Jack does, I mean, because yeah. it's that same season, because it all happened in uh, in that same season. I mean, Lumpy was in it for the three episodes. Um, but it's sort of, cold. I think the way it was written, anyway, that sort of finale where, where you know, there was that confrontation with Jackson and Salazar at the end. And, and we know that Jackson, when we talked about Salazar, we know Jack's actually murdered him and got his revenge. And in a way, he was getting revenge for Lumpy's death as well, of course, at that point. So there was that bit of finishing off of that too but not not nice i think that it wasn't a a glorious exit it wasn't a bloody exit it was just a mm -hmm. it was a comment that he'd passed away wasn't it so that mm -hmm. was, yeah, that was very was un yeah, yeah. It was an off-screen death which is very like, i think that's unheard mm -hmm. of in sons of anarchy mm -hmm. yeah it was wayne answer wasn't he didn't he break it to yeah. them at the, or just sort of bring it up when he was yeah, I think that it was something, way. and he did say that. Yeah, I think someone brings it up. He's blinking, he miss it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think he was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Sorry. <laughs> you were just such a nice character, considering some of the others. <laughs> God, you're oh, right. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I many see. reprobates. Mm. And we'd love it because there are so many retrovates. <laughs> we do love to hate them. This is very true. Yeah, hate them, love to hate them. Another yeah. thing that occurred to me was that when, I mean, I sort of, it's just like pretty abstract, I suppose. But if somebody's got a gym, they always talk about people that go off the rails, you know, get them to teach boxing, teach hmm. them discipline. Yeah. He would also have had that kind of a street cred, if even. Because he would, he would have had, he would have known sort of like the, the kids, the knockabout punks and whatever, and he probably licked him into shape by teaching them to box. Yeah. yeah. So he'd have had that level of community contact as well. So he'd have had that respect in people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Sam Crow were very big into boxing. I mean, as I say, yes. Lumpy was yeah. only in three episodes, but you, you kind of got the feeling there's there was that connection there as well, of course. Um yeah, I reckon they probably spent a lot of time at his gym. Uh, yeah. Getting people in shape. They probably recruited there. A couple of them. Yeah. Grew up in China. Yeah. yeah. Quite yeah. even have recruited them. Because if you think every time any kind of 
party, there's always people having a fight, isn't there? They're, they're getting, <laughs> uh, Jack's yeah, in Northern yeah. Ireland. I remember, oh, um, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And then oh there was God. Half Sack in. Um, he was. That's right. I wonder, and and they put, it, yeah. he was going to yeah. throw the fight, yeah. wasn't he? Or and there was money at stake. Yeah, yeah. He forgot yeah. to dive. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. No, he didn't because he saw Cherry <laughs> no, talking to Clay. Clay and yeah, Cherry. <laughs> and he just lost the plot. Got completely the wrong end of the stick. And they knew it straight away. They're going, no! God. Oh, happy <laughs> So that is Lumpy Feldstein. And every week when we discuss the character this week being Lumpy Feldstein, uh, we rate them out of our five categories, which is brutality, intelligence, loyalty, street cred and likability. It's going to be quite interesting. I think we're going to be more aligned on this one than possibly any character <laughs> that we have talked about. Don't speak too soon. Yeah. Let them know you know what we you know like. What? Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to throw a curveball in, especially now that I've said that. Um <laughs> So let's start about with with brutality, and I'm going to start this week. Yay! Just because you know, if you listen to last no week's reason. episode, there, there, there may have been a comment or two from one of the panel who doubted the integrity of my scores. But you know, I'm not not that I'm bearing a grudge at all. Don't worry. Looking at the bottom corner of my screen, yeah. He's looking down the camera so, at you, colleague. So, so with this. Yeah. <laughs> With this colleague, uh, with this colleague, with this character, um, it was another difficult one because we've got three episodes to base it on. We've got to construct a backstory and kind of do a little bit of the work ourselves. So for brutality, uh, I went for um, 74 and um, 74 may seem probably seems a little bit high. However, I think that this is a guy who knows how to look after himself. He's been through some shit. We're, we're pretty sure about. Um, I think that if he had, if it was a, if Salazar didn't have a weapon, I think that Lumpy would have given a damn good account of himself. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, you know, who knows how that might have worked out. Um, so I think I went for seventy-four. Oh boy. You know, I don't think I've given anyone zero. I've given him zero. Um, The reason being is from what I've in my head, what I remember, what I remember seeing, what I remember feeling is, you know, the guy to me didn't have a a brutal bone in his body for everything he went through. I mean, we can imagine he would have had to probably look after himself maybe, but the fact that he, he built up this gym uh, the fact that he could stare Derby down, the the, the fact that he was obviously in, um, creating this thing in people that, you know, there is another way. Don't take your frustrations out, you know, um, killing people, basically, you know, do it through boxing. I, I just couldn't see him as a as a brutal man. But it was so difficult because he was he was elderly and such a history. We, we only had those three episodes to try and get all this from, but that's where my zero came from. So completely different, sorry. You know what? I, I love we it. cursed it straight off the bat, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> two completely, you know, like two completely different visions of what Lumpy was like from what we but had that's to construct. The beauty of yeah. Sons of Anarchy all over, isn't it? it? Is it's how indeed. we all enjoy it. It is indeed. All Lee. about opinions. <laughs> Lee, it's your turn. So there we go. You, I'm sure you've, you've got a whole range to choose from. Right. <laughs> I, when I think of the word brutality and I think of how we scored the other characters, mm-hmm. we seem to assume that 
brutality is synonymous with cruelty. And I don't think that cruelty is not a word that I could I could put at his door. Yeah. But I'm gonna definitely go high with um with Tim's answer because yes, he could handle himself. He's not a a cruel, malicious guy, but if he had to stand up for himself, he, he wouldn't hesitate. And if he was if he was physically fit, he wouldn't hesitate. And I think I'm going to give him 60. So okay. there's no cruelty or malice there, but there's definitely a, a whim of iron. Mm. Yeah, he's a force to be reckoned with. So I'm going to bring it back down towards Team Wendy here. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, and I've put him at 27. And part of that for me was like considering, um, I, I mean, I guess I said before in the past, I can kind of consider the way they went out or left the show to be part of how I score the kind of brutality. And it, it definitely wasn't a gentle way to leave the show. But also part of me factors in the context of the fact that he is a pugilist. You know, he does own a boxing gym. He does teach physical force, you know, as a profession. And yes, there, it, it is tempered with the discipline of any kind of sport, and it's tempered with his reason and his rationale and his mellowing in age. But I do think there's probably a history of being able to defend himself there. So I put him at about 27 for me. Okay, brilliant. Love this. This is this is what makes this podcast so special. <laughs> I think it's great the definition of brutality there. Mm. For me, brutality is because um, I'm just taking it as a given that this man, he he is elderly. He's been through the Holocaust and survived it, thank God. Mm. You know, he's taught a lot yeah. of people one would hope to um, you know, channel their frustrations in a different way. I mm. think he can more than look after himself and he and and as you rightly say, but to me that's not brutality. Uh, that that it's like your your disciplined karate uh, person. Yeah, it's like combat yeah. in, in in a brutal way, but they will defend themselves and they know how to disarm somebody. It's it, it was that sort of thing for me. So it's definitely about the brutality definition and how we all see it, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> Isn't it fascinating? And next we are it is intelligence and Lee. You're going to go oh, first this time. Very very intelligent. Eighty. Um. Yeah. Very intelligent. I think that he he'd obviously he's got he's got in, he may not have academic intelligence, but I think he's definitely he's known how to how to get by. He's known how to, to look after himself. Um, you know, when he stood up to Derby and said, you know, I've coped, you know, I've lived through this crap, and I'm, I'm not going to let you, you know, tear me down. And I think that you know he, he's eighty, so he's, he's no fool. So I, again, think he's quite an intelligent fella. So I put him at a 91. The fact that he even chose to begin to reason with someone bearing like Nazi swastika tattoos and all this kind of stuff. The fact that he didn't instantly deck him, even though he probably could, um, speaks volumes to me about his kind of nerve, his self-discipline and the kind of social, emotional intelligence and the fact that he is reasonable. The fact that he shows him his tattoo and he opens up about what was a, a very vulnerable thing for anyone to go through. Um, yeah, he, he clearly favours his intelligence over his fists. And I you think there's a profound, there's something that's something very profound in that, especially as most of the folks in the show tend to resort to fists before words. Mm. And also I imagine if you survive the things he has and you grow to live into his old age, you must be wielding a certain amount of worldly knowledge. You know, it's, it's, it's a given for me. So 91. 
I've literally, I've got exactly the same as Holly. I put 91. Very, very, very similar reasons. Um, I mean, but to be fair, I keep coming out, we've only got three episodes, so, you know, it's, it's almost difficult to truly assess it clearly, but given what we are, that we do know, and it was particularly that scene that, that had a lot of impact on me with Derby, um, totally agree with, with, with Holly on that one. And I think, yeah, this, this guy's an intelligent man, and he's clearly running a very successful gym. If it wasn't yeah. that awful hail creature, um, <laughs> it probably would have been continuing to be so until the poor man died of natural causes, and he could have handed hmm. it over to some, maybe Sam Crow would have taken over or something, but... Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Come to me too. <laughs> yeah, snap. <laughs> so I was a little bit lower, go. but uh, very along the same line. So seventy-one. But I think there's. I can't really add any more comments to what has been said. Um, there is. There's nothing really to add. You know, I think. I think he's probably more intelligent than we think he is, and yeah, just that emotional intelligence he had dealing with mm, with, uh, with Derby was. All right. Um, Wendy, do you want to start us off with loyalty? Loyalty. Um, Yeah, I've scored him high on that 95. Um, uh, Easy one for me in the sense that he's loyal to Sam Crow. He's loyal to his gym and he's loyal to Charming. He's a loyal person. Um, Yeah, puts a lot of trust. Um, Yeah, 95. So I went for 88. I went another another high one. and the only reason I didn't score him higher was because I don't know enough. Yeah, I don't yeah. know enough. And so I, I, I probably would have, if he was a character who had 20 episodes or something, or 10 episodes maybe, I, I might have scored him higher. I just couldn't quite give him that, that mm. top mark. So I went for 88, but clearly didn't even want to bother Sam Crow with his problems, just got on with it, dealt with it. Um, really loyal to his gym and the town. So, yeah, 88. So, again, me and Wendy seem to be on the same wavelength tonight. <laughs> it's not 95, but I put 94. Yeah. Very, very, much, very much scoring in the same kind of range. Yeah, yeah he, he clearly seemed to be someone who's loyal to not only his patrons, who box at his gym, loyal to the town of Charming, doesn't want to sell up and ruin the sort of street where they've got all these independent businesses. He's not going to sell to Jacob Hale. You know, he clearly has a good relationship with the club. You know, that could extend back decades to when, you know, the club first came to the town. Yeah, he just seems to be loyal to his principals, loyal to his friends, loyal to his patrons, and I can't say more than that, honestly. But yeah, the only reason he's not at 100 is because we literally see him for three episodes and he dies off screen, you know? So 94. I'm going to say 90. I I was going to go for three figures, but I'm going to save just the three figures for the last one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So next up is Street Cred. Um Holly, have you been first yet? I don't think I have. Yeah, so Holly, off you go, street cred. Excellent. Yeah, this was a difficult one for me because it was kind of about balancing the fact that he's an old man um, who looks incredibly unthreatening, ostensibly, um, with the fact that he does own a gym and he will stand up to Nazi scum and he has survived incredible things. And he, you know, he's clearly, as someone said earlier, you know, he's part of the fabric of the town. Um, so yeah, I was trying to reconcile those two things. Whilst I don't think he's quite on the level of someone like Alvarez, where he's got his own gang and he's got notoriety, you know, from the north of California to the border, you know, I think he definitely possesses a certain gravitas and a certain respect within the community, whether that's 
on the criminal side of things or the law enforcement side of things. So I placed him at a 63. I'm going to go eight, uh, 75. I think he's got a real, the word street cred, you'd think of somebody being young, fit, athletic, you know, fashionable. No, he's got street cred. He's got old fashioned values. He's got old fashioned, um, he's in a place where everybody respects him. Mm. He can, he knows how to, I think he, he you know, he, he can teach people street smarts. He, you know, anybody that wants to know how to protect themselves, go and see him. He's the sort of guy, and, and you need to look after yourself with someone like Charming. He would, you know, so, you know, he would be somebody that would be, you know, highly respected mm-hmm. and thought well of. So, yeah, 75. Uh, I have to be honest, I thought a lot about this one, oddly enough, because I, I was I was boomeranging around a little bit because, I, again, it comes down to, I suppose, my definition of street credibility. And I did come out uh, probably a little bit, Um, I've given him 97 which I know is pretty high um, but for me I kept thinking about this I thought my god that man's history um, Mm. you know how he settled in Charming how he developed that gym his relationship with um, Sam Crow I mean to have all of those things so 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 beautifully balanced most people would find that incredibly hard to have that relationship with Sam Crow yet not upset other people do whatever I don't know I think you look at him and think wow how does he do it so that, that was where I came back to and a lot of that's probably to do with this history, to be honest with you as well. For me, I wrote down, th- just scribbled hey! out and, and, re- and rewritten because I kind of went on a journey. I'm watching, I'm, I'm watching. So I kind of had the same kind of thoughts that Wendy did, that, um, and I kind of thought, yeah, definitely well respected, well loved in the town. But also talking about Les Packer having granddad vibes and the street, you could see him. <laughs> I remember us talking about and pushing creepy, the grandchildren yeah. down the cool granddad vibes. Pushing, gra- pushing the grandchildren down the street, and which kind of takes the edge off, like the street yeah. cred. So, yeah, that, so I, I, I knocked him down to seventy-four, but still really, really got street cred, got a lot of respect in cool. charming. And, Love it. Um, so you know the, these phrases are going to come round again, I'm sure. And finally, likability. <laughs> Likeability. I'm gonna start with Lee because she's she's given away her score. Absolutely lovability. I just loved him. Aww. I thought it was it just it was a real it was a hero. So yeah, one hundred. Yeah, and uh, Lee, the queen of the one hundred. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> I've gone with Lee. I'm saying 100 too, which is interesting because I've had a zero in this one and now 100 is very rare for me. Um, and and literally, I'll, I literally, all I've written down here is what's not to like. And that was my problem. I could not think of anything. And then using your acid test of going to a pub and having a drink. Wow. Oh, my God. That man, to, ha- to actually be able to sit down and talk to him would be amazing. That's all I can say. So it couldn't be anything else for me. Um. This is it. I was like, I'm not going to give him 100 because it'll upset Tim. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I brought it down to a 93, but I had to reason with myself 
to bring it down. It would be, and we might have maybe different views politically or nationally or something. So maybe we wouldn't get on because of the age difference, I guess. But yeah, I, I totally agree. He's clearly a pillar of the community. He's clearly a really genuine, nice guy. He's just honest, hardworking, all of these things. So yeah, 93 for me. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So uh, I went for 89 and I, I really liked him. Um, I went for the acid test again, though, and um, Tim test. test. I would love to go for a drink with him. It wouldn't be a big night out. It'll be a couple of quiet drinks, letting him Mm. tell his stories. And I kind of equated it with Les Packer in this sense of the score as well. So, you know, it'll be like you'd be be home with a pizza well before closing time. You know, (laughs) you know, it'd be like what I'm going to quote Holly Hill for um, it would be a good time, not a long time. Yeah. See, I've, you, can, you can tell my editing's been... Yeah, any yeah, so, <laughs> so, But yeah, I still think very, very likeable. One of the most... Out of the minor characters, I just think he is... Just has so Lovely. much likability. Yeah. Um, but there are... I think I don't know. I think there may be one or two that I might give 100 to eventually. Um, we will see. <laughs> Can't wait. We will see. I'm waiting to do Jack's. <laughs> You've only got a hundred. You've only got a hundred to choose from, yeah. Wendy. Yeah. That's all it can be. You don't have a special <laughs> score for Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is our scores for Lumpy Feldstein tonight's uh, character, and we have got brutality forty, intelligence eighty three, loyalty ninety two, street cred seventy seven, likability ninety six. <laughs> Love that. And now it is time to let fate decide who we are talking about next week. Um, Every week we have our wheel of names. We don't choose which character we discuss. We let the wheel choose. So we've got every character from Sons of Anarchy on our wheel of names and we spin it this time every week and it tells us exactly who we are going to talk about next time so ladies can you see my wheel i yes, can i can all yeah. right here we go yes. oh my god chips it's chips Oh, as he is also known, let's get it, let's get it right. Philip Chibs Telford. Wow. We have 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 got a big, big character for next week. (laughs) This is massive news. And you were going to change it, weren't you? (laughs) This is massive news. You going there. Stopped it. So Chibs is the subject for next week. Wow. Um, and quick initial reactions to that. I think the, the reaction on the call kind of give a, <laughs> give away what we all thought about that. So what are your initial chib thoughts? Oh, just can't wait to start diving into this. Honestly, oh. what a character. Absolutely. Oh. I, w- I wish I could contact him and ask him to come on the show. Hear <laughs> <laughs> your Glaswegian accents. Uh, oh. Yes, let's get let's get the Glaswegian out. Let's. Uh, he's lovely though. Oh my god, he's so oh. cool. So much to discuss. His relationship with the IRA. His relationship with 
his relationship with Jax Dude. is something that oh, melts yeah. my heart. The fact that he survives the Jason juice box. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love to see that school bus, isn't it? That uh, so brilliant. Oh. So, oh. so funny. So yeah. much to talk about. Oh my God, we're going to be here forever. Oh. We are, we are. It's going to be a great one. So I guess it's time for us to wrap up now. Um, On that exciting note that we have finally got, we have finally, it's only taken us, um, what? Eight ten weeks. E- ten episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we have, that'll be the tenth episode in total, yes, won't I, it? Is it episode four, season two next week? So yes. Ten, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we finally got one of the main characters. It is Chibs, and we are, as you can tell, we are all really excited to um really thrilled to uh, <laughs> to get that name come out. So before we wrap up, um, just like to thank Wendy Lee and Holly for uh, once again giving up their sweaty Wednesday evening <laughs> here in the UK and uh, joining us for a chat it was about Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Yeah, if we do it in oh, this. Right. So thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Thank yeah, you. Thanks very much. Hi, this is Wendy, and thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, we would love it, just really love it, if you felt able to like us and give us a five-star rating. And we'd also love it if you would like to engage with us. Um, so we all do like a good chat, so that, that would be amazing. <laughs> so if you like what you've heard, or if you haven't liked it and you want to comment or disagree with us, you know, whatever, then please, 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 um, you know, take time and contact us. We are at... at SOA UK podcast uh, on Twitter. Uh, me personally can be contacted on Twitter at busy777. And my lovely colleagues, Holly is at Holly Tallarico, which is T A L L A R I C O. Thank you. And Lee? I'm at Fanbidder. And Tim? I'm, uh, you can contact me at SOA UK podcast. So please give us that five star review. Subscribe to us wherever you you take your podcast from, um, and we really hope to see you next time. Back to Tim. And well, that's it. Thank you very much for downloading the podcast and do exactly what Wendy said. We will be back next week where we have got a great discussion on chips. So thank you very much and good night. <laughs>